Amen. The one who made all this is also the one that satisfies us. Not with all this, with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you take your Bibles and turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, we want to continue looking at this first chapter. Before I read the passage that we're going to look at this morning, I want to lead us in another prayer. Um, we were singing about being orphans and finding a home in Christ. And that's, that's true for every single one of us who are believers, even if we weren't literal orphans in this world, although n- numbers of us um, are and were, we find a home in Christ. And I'm thinking right now of uh, a family that's been coming to Midway now for six months or so, um, Robert and Amy Zop and their kids, some of you have met them. Uh, um, Robert and Amy are in Bulgaria right now, adopting another uh, little girl. And uh, I, d- I don't know if her name's pronounced Emmeline or Emmeline, um, but she's about five years old and they have her now and now they're going through all the stuff they have to go through, through the government stuff to, to bring her home. But I thought we'd pause for a moment and, uh, and pray for them and for her and for us uh, that we can also help be ready. And also for Amy's parents because they have their six kids right now um, for two weeks. And, um, and they're praying that all the flight and travel things work out right, that they'll get home on time, okay? Um, but we want to stop and, and pray for them. And while we pray for them, also just to pray for our country as well. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, what a blessing to be together as the children of God. It's amazing that we can say that about ourselves, but we do so because of what you've done for us in Christ. As we were singing, we're worthy, but we're unworthy. Unworthy because of our sinfulness, worthy because of our trust in Christ, because his worthiness then becomes ours. We thank you for that this morning, and we thank you for making us your children, and we thank you for the Zops as they are making another little girl, Emmeline, uh, their child. And through them, Father, we pray that you would also um, help her to become your child. We pray for all the things they're going through, um, all the difficulties of, of being in Bulgaria, all the difficulties of being away, all the difficulties of COVID, um, all things like that. We pray for them and the travel arrangements they have to make, all the meetings they have to have, all the, the details that have to be taken care of. We pray for her parents as they take care of their children. Then, Father, we pray that you would um, help us uh, to not only welcome them back, but also to be ready to help and encourage and pray um, through their transition. What a blessing you've given us to serve together as a body. Uh, to help each other through. Father, we also thank you for our country this morning, that we can meet like this out in the open, without registering, without getting permission, without finding out if we're allowed to say this or say that um, concerning what your word says. We're just thankful for the freedom of of speech, the freedom of, of worship. We pray that you'd protect those freedoms and those privileges that we have in our country Uh, Through our government, we pray for our current government, our leadership. We pray for them as they uh, they try to figure out how to uh, take care of our our issues. 
We've got a lot of them, Father. Uh, the things going on with immigration, the things with racism, the things with, with violence. Um, just another shooting this week just reminds us of how vulnerable we are and how, how crazy we are with, uh, with our weapons. And we just pray that you would um, just help us uh, to bring uh, some sanity uh, to our country. And we pray that you would help us as believers to bring that sanity by bringing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to those who don't have him, to those who are struggling, to those who are confused, to those who are in chaos, as we sang earlier this morning, that they would find Christ through people like us, not just this church, but your churches all around this country, that we'd be faithful to share the good news. And through that, Father, that you would solve the issues, the problems that we have. And we thank you that our hope is not in government. Our hope is not in a country, but our hope is in Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would help people that are, that are struggling, that are going through times of loss and, 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 and great times of pain, that you would help them to realize they can find hope in Jesus Christ, even as we have. And now, Father, we pray that you'd help us to glory in that hope this morning as we look at ourselves in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. I say look at ourselves because we are a lot like the, the believers in Thessalonica in the first century, um, mainly because we're believers in Jesus Christ. That's the, the main thing that makes us like them. But there are a number of other things as well. They were going through difficulties in the first century. They were going through particular difficulties when Paul wrote this letter to them. Remember, Paul had, had planted that church in Thessalonica, but he was unable to stay there very long because of the persecution that they were facing as believers in that town. It was a rough town for believers. And it continued in that way as they continued to grow in their faith through the difficulties of persecution. And after the Apostle Paul encouraged them to continue on, then he makes this comment about what he's doing about it. Because even though he wasn't there, that didn't stop him from being involved in their church. Look what he says. Verse 11. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. With this in mind, and what he was talking about, what he had just finished talking about, was the judgment that was going to come on unbelievers, but also the glory that believers were going to enjoy for all eternity. With that in mind, he says... We constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That last, that last um, phrase, to the, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ, goes right back to the first part of verse 11, where he reminds the, the Thessalonians, reminds us, that we can be counted worthy of the calling that we've received. We talked about that last week. We received that calling and that worthiness by his grace. Remember what grace is. Grace is us deserving the worst because of our sin. Receiving from God the best, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Us deserving judgment. Us deserving damnation. 
us deserving eternal separation from God because of our sinfulness, receiving sonship, daughtership, receiving the, uh, the, the fatherhood of God, receiving the salvation, the forgiveness of sins from Jesus Christ, receiving the promise of everlasting life in his glory. These are the things that are ours because of his grace. These are the things that are ours because we're worthy of him because we believe in him. And remember, as we talked about last week, the moment we believe in him, all of his righteousness becomes our righteousness. And we stand before God and we have these hopes, the, the hopes of these promises because of Jesus being in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. But he continued on in his prayer. Not only was he praying that they would be counted worthy of his calling, but also that by his power, he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. If the Apostle Paul was praying this for the Thessalonians, then this is important stuff. This is something that wasn't just going to happen in their lives. This is something that he knew God was going to have to do. And these are values that he wants all Christians to share. That we also might be filled with the power of God that all of his good plans and purposes might be fulfilled in us. Do you recognize yourself as someone that God has plans for? Do you know that he cares enough about you that he has plans for your future, he has plans for your life? Oh, lots of us have plans. And some of our plans, you know, work out and some of them don't, all those kind of things. But do you know the plan of God in your lives is going to work out? He's, every single one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul was writing this to believers in Thessalonica. So as he makes these statements, he's talking to believers. So those of us who are believers can take these words, can take these commands, can take this encouragement to heart it's for us also every single believer has god working out his plan in our lives and his plan is this that we would become more and more like jesus christ every day when he says that he's praying that his power would help them fulfill, would, would fulfill every good purpose in their lives. He's praying that every single one of those believers in Thessalonica and those who will receive Christ because of their witness, he's praying that every single one of them would grow in their faith to the point that they are more and more like Jesus Christ every day. That's his plan for your life. That, now, that doesn't tell you uh, what job you're going to have or when you're going to get to retire or when you're going to have to go back to work after you're retired. It doesn't tell you any of those things. It doesn't tell you um, 
if you're going to get over your illness that you're facing or if, or if you're going to f- continue with it for, for another year or longer, doesn't, doesn't give you those details. God doesn't reveal those things to us in his plan. He reveals the, the basic, the most important part of his plan. And that is this, that whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that he takes you through, whatever it is that he allows in your life, he is going to work it out according to his good pleasure and his goodness in your life, which makes you more and more like Jesus Christ. That is his promise. And that's what the Apostle Paul was praying for them. That they would have the power, because again, they can't do this on their own. This is too much, too big for us. That they would have the power of his Holy Spirit in their lives to live this out. And to recognize that he is growing us into the image of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why everything that happens in our lives happens. Whether good, what we consider good, or whether bad. Because even the bad things, according to Romans 8.28, even the bad things that we consider bad, he takes those things and works them out for good for those of us who love him, for those of us who are called according to his purpose. He works it out. And his prayer for them was that they, by the power of God, would recognize that as God is doing that in their lives. And so we get to ask ourselves the question this morning, sitting out here in this amazing environment with these wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to ask ourselves a question. This isn't, this isn't something for all of us. This is something for each of us. Individually, think about it. Are you on board with that plan that God has for your life? It's a good plan. This phrase that he uses here that the NIV um, translates, fulfill every good purpose of yours. It's it's really, it's, it's a very hard phrase to translate because it's so full of good. It's It's his good pleasure for goodness. That's what it is. That's what his plan is for you. Are you on board for that? Now, some people say, I'm on board for that as long as his goodness and my goodness in in our understanding of what that word means, as long as those two things jive. Which means I'm always going to be healthy. I'm always going to be wealthy. I'm always going to be happy. And everything's always going to be going great for me. My kids are always going to love me. My husband's always going to love me. My wife's always going to love me. Everything's going to be great in my life. If that's the plan, sign me up. That's not the plan. That's not his good pleasure for goodness in your life. I don't know all the details of his plan, but I know this. He's making you more like Jesus. That's what he's committed to do. And that's what the Apostle Paul was praying, that they would take that power that he offers them and to use that in this process that he's developing Jesus in their lives. Are you on board with that? Are you ready to cooperate with that? When you agree to that, then much of the, of the passages of God's word that, that are often, often confusing 
and often overwhelming. The, the phrase is like, give thanks in everything. Some people have a really hard time with that if they're not on board with God's real plan for their lives. They have a hard time with that because they don't want to give thanks for stuff they don't like. They don't want to give thanks. They don't even feel right about giving thanks for discomfort and suffering and sorrow and difficulty and disaster. They don't want to give thanks for that. They don't feel right about it. They almost sometimes feel like, well, if I give thanks for that, it's like I'm, I'm saying it's okay and, and he'll let me stay in this mess. Well, he doesn't work like that either. We can give thanks in all things if we have signed on for his plan for our lives. For his good pleasure, for goodness for us as he grows us into the image of his son. It's not an easy thing to sign on for. It's really the, the, the whole concept of discipleship, of the following of Jesus. His disciples had a hard time signing on for this. They didn't understand it a lot of the times. It's something that, that, that they grew into and that they especially understood after the Holy Spirit came into their lives in Acts chapter 2. Then they started to realize, okay, we're not just living and we're not just thinking about right here and right now. We're also thinking about what God is doing for us and in us for all eternity. And all of a sudden, eternity becomes more important than what's going on right here and right now. So that when the things that are happening right here and right now are really difficult, like they were for the Thessalonians, remember that. The Apostle Paul could still encourage them and say, it's all right. Something better is coming in your life. And some say, tomorrow? If it's tomorrow, okay, I can sign on for that. Next week? Okay, that's going to be tough, but I can still sign on for that. Next month? Now you're getting a little too long. I'll never forget, and I've shared with you before, the experience I had one time on the, on, the, on the border of the Ukraine and, and Russia in this little community center in 1994, right after, not, not long after the, the Berlin Wall fell and things started opening up. And I had the opportunity with Vasily Lantuk, the pastor of New, uh, New Life um, Church over on Old Atlanta Road, had the opportunity to go to his homeland and visit his family in the Ukraine. And we went to this village we were the first gospel team to make it to that particular village after the wall came down. And we set up a service in their community center, which every, in, in communist Soviet Union, every little town, no matter how large, had a community center built by the government so they could come and watch movies that did their propaganda and, and all that kind of thing and, and have their announcements and things. So we were using this community center that was built for propaganda. We were getting to use it for the gospel. And it was a, it's, it's, it's a vivid memory because on one side of me was a bust of, of uh, Marx. On the other side of me was a bust of Lenin. And I got to share the gospel in that place. And these two very, what looked like, and you couldn't really tell because of the difficulties of their lives, but these two, what looked like very old ladies came into the service. And after the service... Vasily and I went and talked to them. I had to have Vasily with me because I didn't 
yeah, and didn't and don't speak Ukrainian or Russian. And as we talked to those two ladies, they had tears in their eyes. And I was correct, they were old. They didn't just look old. They were teenagers when communism took over the Ukraine. And the churches were shut down. And evangelicalism was outlawed. They were already believers in Christ. And they waited for over 70 years before they had a gospel presentation in their town again. 70 years. Not later today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. But 70 years they waited and they suffered as believers in Jesus. They saw many of their family and friends arrested for their faith in Christ. They saw many of them moved out of their town to other places that they didn't know where they were moved to. They saw some of them or heard of some of them being killed for their faith. And they waited and they waited and they continued to live for Christ because they had signed on. They had signed on for God's plan in their lives. They knew that even though things were difficult in their, in their village, in their country, that God had something better for them, God had something bigger for them, and that he was growing them through these experiences, preparing them for that time when they were going to be with him forever. Now, I'm sure that was 1994. I'm almost positive that those two sisters are with the Lord now. now it's, I mean, they could still be, old, still be around, but they'd be like 114 or something like that. But it happens. But probably they're with the Lord and they have learned now that everything that they went through in those 70 years of suffering was worth it. They've learned from experience now at the, in the presence of God that what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, therefore we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day so that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Excuse me. We don't do that in our own strength. We do that by the power of the Holy Spirit who comes into our lives the moment we believe. And we ask him, as the Apostle Paul was asking him for this group of Thessalonians, we ask that for ourselves. We ask that for this group of believers in this town at this time, going through some some of the same difficulties, some of the same persecutions, and some different ones. We ask that the Holy Spirit would give us the power, that the body of Christ would give us the encouragement, that the word of God would give us the knowledge to recognize what God is doing in our lives. Even when we don't understand the details of the moment, that we know exactly what this moment is all about, that somehow he is growing us according to his good pleasure for goodness for us. He's making us more like his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the most important thing. That's hard to hear. 
That is the most important, <coughs> excuse me, it's hard to say too. That's the most important thing. That we're becoming more like Jesus. That's what he's doing. That's what it's about. That's what the pain that you're going through right now is about. That's what the difficulty that you're going through right now is about. That's what the difficulty that you're going to be going through next week or next month or next year. That's what it's about. Every single one of them are the same. They're all different. They all feel different. They all last different lengths of time. They all involve different people. But they are all about the same thing. They are about us becoming more and more like Christ. Every single one of them. It doesn't matter how difficult. It doesn't matter how awful. It doesn't matter how tragic. And remember, the Thessalonians knew all of those things. That was the context in which the Apostle Paul was was sending this letter. They were going through it. They were suffering through things they didn't understand. And here he's trying to help them understand. God has a good pleasure for goodness in your life. He's making you like Jesus. And he's good at this. He's good at this. You know how I know? Look at this. Look what he's done. He's good at this. Look around. People in the back have an easier time. Look around. Look around. We get an amazing group of people here. He's good at this. He's good at at creating. He's good at sustaining. He's good at saving. He's good at putting his good pleasure for goodness to work in our lives. He's good at this. And he knows exactly what it takes to bring you to conformity to the image of Jesus. He knows what it is. He knows what it takes. And for us to rebel against him in the, per, in the, in the process of his plan in our lives, for us to say, you don't know what you're doing, which we may have not said in those words, but sometimes we've said things that lean that way, is for us to be like a rebellious teenager, which I've heard of, I know that none of ours are. That teenager, that child that tells his or her parent, you don't know what you're doing. Have you ever heard that? Or worse? That's us telling God he doesn't know what he's doing and how he's growing us into the image of Christ. We have another whole way he could do it. All he needs to do is ask us. And we could tell him exactly how we wanted things to work out. And you know what the the result would be? Disaster. Not a single one of us would grow in the ways that he wants us to grow, that he knows we can grow and that we will grow if we cooperate in his good pleasure for goodness in our lives. And so this morning, 
as we think of the Apostle Paul praying this for the Thessalonians. Let's pray that for each other. Let's recognize that if this was good for them then, this is good for us now. If the Apostle Paul thought it was so important that he prayed it for them, it's important. We need it now. And so let's bow now in prayer and ask this for ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we have a hard time agreeing with this because we don't like lots of stuff that the Thessalonians were going through. We don't like lots of the stuff that we have to go through. And so often we just want a different, better plan. And we're sorry that we so often forget that you're the author of the plan. You're the one that's drawn it up. And you know exactly because you're our maker, because you're our savior, because you love us so much. You know exactly what we need, when we need it, how long we need it for. To grow us into the image of your son. And so we ask, Father, this morning that you would help us. Help us to walk in agreement with your plan. Giving us the joy and the thanksgiving and the great attitude as you do your work in our lives and as you use us in the lives of others. Father, we thank you that we're not in this alone. We thank you that we're in this together. And that we can encourage each other within the body of Christ. In various ways, but especially in this way right now as we pray for each other. That you would grow us into the image of your son. Using whatever means you deem necessary. And Father, we commit ourselves this morning together. To cooperate and to thank you for loving us so much that you would grow us in Christ.